to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach i'm peaches and i'm czar so first of all we need to acknowledge the fact that our good buddy zach is back for this episode as a little bit of a celebration of our 100th episode on the podcast but also zach why did you sound like you were questioning it a little bit you sounded like somebody just picked luigi in super smash bros like luigi <laughs> <laughs> And I'm here again, aren't I? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy to be here, man. You gotta just keep bringing me back. No, we're happy just to have you, man. I so... think I'm out. They pull me back in. <laughs> so, yeah, the, we're, uh, like I said, we are celebrating a hundredth episode. And to celebrate, of course, Zach had to come back and join his good pals on the Game Tea podcast. So we are just going to have a great time with news today. And Zach will also be joining us on the segment for Saturday. Zach. What do you think of that? Yahoo! Right. Yippee! No, 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 no. Luigi just, Luigi literally Yahoo. just only says Ma, Mario. <laughs> Disclaimer, none of these episodes are actually our 100th. Our 100th was last week, but we're just going to treat it like it was. We're playing pretend today, Czar. It's a big game of pretendsies, okay? Ooh, my favorite. No one's going to go count through the episodes. Come on, dude. No one in the internet has that much free time. <laughs> anyway. All right, Zach, as the guest of honor on your own podcast, how, how do you feel about doing itinerary for the news today? We've got a pretty solid episode. <clears throat> I would be honored. So today, the boys, the guys, the gamers, they talk about one, the continuation of Epic Games losing money. Ooh, did you guys already talk about that? Is that bad? Are we still losing money? <laughs> yeah, this is a continuation article. Yep, we've oh. got some updates. We've got some juicy takes. Yeah, this is a stay tuned oof. from last week. That's a, that's a big oof right there, Epic. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> big rumors of Xbox Game Pass coming to Steam. Nintendies! Woo! And quick takes. You know... I mean, like, we didn't plan for the Nintendo Indie World thing to happen when Zach was coming back, but what are the odds? That's no, some good time, Zach. We absolutely planned for that. This was this was of de our device. Zar, what did I say about we're playing pretendies? Come on, Zar, <laughs> man. You're too literal, bro. You stress, bro. You need to just sit down, celebrate JP's birthday with him. Relax. Happy birthday, JP! <laughs> By the time oh, they're listening you. to this, it's already happened, right? Or wait, by the, I don't know. What are days? Okay, so by the time this drops, it's going to be the 21st, which means that my birthday was actually yesterday on April 20th. But hey, I'll take it anyway. Oh, well, then screw you. Better luck next year. <laughs> actually, <Damn it>. yeah. <laughs> next year, shouldn't next year fall on Wednesday? I don't know. All right, you, got, you guys keep talking. I'll look into this. Speaking of losing, JP, go ahead and do the first article, man. I'll look at no don't look into this now we don't need to know this now peaches <laughs> one second <laughs> no no we don't need to know this all right April 2022 uh, April 20th will fall on a Wednesday uh that'll what why did we do this what did we gain what did we learn well now we know that next year your birthday will release the same time as an episode of the podcast Wahoo! So that way they won't forget. Yippee! All right, who wants to take the first article? J well, I think JP took this article last week when we talked about it, so why don't you uh, finish out the articles? Yeah, JP, stop putting off your work, JP. All right, all right, sheesh. All right, so what do we got this week? We are talking once again about Epic. Um, so this article is coming to us from PCGamer.com, written by Tyler Wilde. So Tyler, thank you very much. It's entitled Epic will lose over 300 million on Epic Game Store exclusives and is fine with that. 
we'll see. (laughs) 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 If like it it is fine with that isn't in quotation marks like it's sarcasm. So we'll see. All right. So to get into this article a little bit to take on Steam, Epic Games has spent the past two years shoveling Fortnite money into the Epic Game Store, making over 100 exclusivity deals and giving away free games every week. We knew Epic was spending a lot of cash to get customers onto its store, but didn't have any specifics until now. Thanks to Epic's big legal fight with Apple, we learned this week that Epic committed around $444 million to Epic Game Store exclusivity deals in 2020 alone. Phew! More precisely, that's $444 million on minimum guarantees for games that release on Epic Game Stores but stays off of Steam for a year. A minimum guarantee is just another way to refer to an advance. It means that Epic guarantees the publisher a certain amount of money whether or not their game actually sells enough to cover it. For example, Eric put down $10.45 million for Control. Now, before we get a little bit more into this article, first of all, it's important to take into consideration that we talked about this last week, right? We talked about the article that was given to us. Was that the one from Mr. John Papadopoulos? That was Papadopoulos. That was Papa Mr. Papadopoulos' article. But not only that, we talked about the the Apple and Epic lawsuit long ago in a past episode, too. So, like, we have been building to this point. And that's what we said. We speculated on that, too. Right. Like, uh, I think it was Peaches that made the remark like, okay, they're losing money. Does that have anything to do with the lawsuit? And now we know, yes, that's exactly what's going on is it's that lawsuit going on with Apple. That's kind of, you know, making all of these details come to light about what's been going on with the Epic Game Store. Okay, we know that because of the exclusivity and the deals that happen with Epic Game Store, one, what's important is they're taking a little bit of the, you know, steam away from steam. No pun to be intended. Ha! Ha! And on top of that, we also know now that, like, there is actually some deals that they're making that's taking, like, games away from steam from being able to sell. So... The good news is that we had a lot of the suspicions that we had last week when we were talking about this confirmed, essentially, right? Yeah, basically. To sum that part of the article up, we're right. You're wrong. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. And to go even a little bit more into the article in its end of the year report, Epic said that players spent 700 million on the Epic Store in 2020, but third party game sales only accounted for 265 millions of that spending. That $444 million in advances to third-party devs isn't close to being re- uh, er, uh, recouped. Some of those deals must be for exclusives releasing in the future, but according to Apple's learnings, Epic is going to eat at least $330 million to unre- er, unrecouped costs from minimum guarantees alone if you also consider 2019's deals. Huh. So... There's a there's a lot going on in this article and we don't really want to get into it. But here's another <laughs> thing that here's what we do know. Epic anticipated losing this large amount of money from the article that we read last week. We kind of made it like the way that it was written almost made it seem like Epic had this kind of uh, deficit hit them in terms of money they thought they were going to get and wasn't expecting it. But now we're learning that that's not true. Epic is kind of taking a hit there in profits. Why, I guess, is the big question. So, like, this is where I want to turn it over to some of the conversation. Why do you guys think Epic is trying to do this? Is it to make a name for themselves, to take some of the power away from Steam? Uh, Zach, let's start with you. What do you think? Uh, uh, pass. <laughs> can you do that? Um, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. I, All right, here. So I'll, <laughs> I'll take over. Um, and okay, for my yeah, time. Fine. Uh, Peaches, what do you think of that? Oh, thank God. That was a hot potato. I'd like to pass back to Zach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> shit, no, pass his arm. Uno reverse. This reminds me of that time in Bug Snacks with the hot potato. Am I right, guys? Bug Snacks. Bug <laughs> Snacks. <laughs> Bug snacks. We're not talking about bug snacks. Here's what I think is going on. It's a oh, huge <laughs> pride thing. You know? Like, okay, uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say pissing contest, and I was like, well, this is my first five sentences on the podcast. I'll let someone else <laughs> say something. <laughs> Do you really want your first sentence on the podcast back to be pissing contest? 
But no. that's not totally inaccurate is the thing. I mean, it's already a kind of a thing now. That was your first sentence back on the podcast. Gosh, damn it. It's always <laughs> your fault, man. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a huge pride thing. You know, they they got kind of slapped in the face from Apple on this lawsuit from the mobile market and all that good stuff. And now they're like, yeah, we're eating 300 million, but, you know, we're not backing down. We're still a strong company. We're still cool. Right, guys? We're still cool. <laughs> guys? And you I, know, got a, like, I got a different take if we want to shift oh, to by that. By all means, it's, it's pretty yeah, usual for course. peaches to disagree strongly. It's not peaches. Yeah, that's not wrong. I don't think it's a pride thing. I think that this is a business move. You know, you got to spend money to make money. And the thing here is they have a lot of catching up to do because Steam has cornered the market for what, like the last 10 years at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. But I mean, you know, you got to spend a lot of money. money. You're going to have to spend a lot of money to even like get people to come to your platform instead of Steam. And you're also going to have to spend a lot of money because there are even other people like Ubisoft and EA Origin, if you want to have a laugh. Um, <laughs> there's a GOG for, um, you know, like uh, all of CD Projekt Red games. They also you can also buy other games off GOG and you can also, you know, do Humble Bundle. I don't know if you guys know about Humble Bundle. Um, no. Well, I don't want to get too in the weeds here. You can spend like 20 bucks. All the money goes to charity and you get a shitload oh. of games. Ooh, that's oh, OK. Nice. But anyway, so like they have a lot of competition and Steam has owned this market forever. And like these other guys kind of just have their own niche little markets. You know, you go there if they have a really cool sale, but otherwise you're probably on Steam. And so in order to get your name out there and like actually be a competitor, you got to spend all this money, get people to come to your platform. And then even harder than that is get people to stay on your platform and buy there instead of on Steam. So it's not necessarily a pride thing. It's just... They think they have to spend this much money to get people to go and stay on their platform instead of go to Steam. I'm still not going to their platform, though. (laughs) I don't know, dude. Like, the games that Epic does offer for free to the players, it's been nice. Like, I usually take them up on almost every deal. And it's not always just kind of like throwaway games either. Like, they have put out a lot of quality content for free. But the truth is that, like, I think you're both making very valid points about what's going on here. I mean, is it a little bit of a pissing contest? Yeah, maybe that's true. But also, like, there's got to be business behind it, like Peaches is suggesting, right? Otherwise, like, they wouldn't actually be doing it. And I guess that kind of brings me to the next point of this, like, article. Do you guys actually believe that Epic Game Store is in any type of jeopardy from the deals that they're offering? I think... I mean, not based specifically off of their deals, but based off of the lawsuits, the loss of money. I mean, I think maybe a couple years down the road, if they don't turn things around, they're going to be in trouble. It's just kind of like there's a hole in their boat right now. Are they going to be able to fix it before they sink? And they have about, you know, 15 billion to mess around with, give or take. So you're absolutely right, Zach, that like, how deep do you think the Fortnite pockets are? Well, it's no you Batman know? trust fund. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I feel I, like 15 billion is a Batman trust fund. Nah, dude, his money's endless. I guess I guess I'm too poor. You, you get a million and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good right there. I'll take that. I guess, <laughs> he, just couldn't, I guess he just couldn't handle the Neutron style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we getting back to Jimmy Neutron memes? No, no more. No, stop it. I'm sorry. I croissants? shouldn't have said that. No, no croissants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, Zach's absolutely right. And that's kind of like my opinion on the matter, too, is that Fortnite money runs absolutely deep. So I think they can afford to take these losses. And like if they think that it's a business move that's going to lead to more profit in the future or even more favor in the public eye, they're going to be willing to do that because they have the means to do it. I mean, Fortnite's not an endless money machine, but it's still going strong. They're still making plenty of money off of it, you know? So I honestly don't think that they're even taking that big of hits or risks in like, you know, in terms of like their bottom line, to be honest with you. 
Oh, so Epic Games as a whole obviously is still doing just fine. Now, but we're focusing specifically on Epic Games Store, the platform, right? Yes. And there's one thing that I thought was interesting from this article, and like, uh, it's coming from like Apple. It, Apple in the lawsuit argues that they don't think that Epic will be able to make Epic Games Store profitable until 2027. Woof. That's what, six mm, years away? Yeah. That's like if they're keeping the losses up, that's probably going to be a billion and like, you know, sink, a billion dollars sinking money into this thing to get it just to have a year of profitability. I think it's going to be worth it, though, because I think it's like what you've been projecting, Peaches. I really honestly believe that their goal is to somewhat dethrone steam and i don't think steam can be dethroned but i do think that they can be offered some solid competition through the epic game store and it's again one of those things where we're just gonna kind of have to wait and see what happens because at the moment it really is just kind of a pissing contest i love that term because that's truly what's going on here but i do think that everybody has made excellent points in believing that this is going to lead to like more promising business strategies, which of course for us is fantastic because we're getting a ton of free, awesome games out of it. And frankly, sometimes I think steam needs to be taken down a peg or two. Oh, there's no question about that, but we just don't have the time to talk about steam yet. Oh, like we, we actually literally said that that could be a whole episode on its own. It needs to be. We'll take that into consideration because we've got this episode with our good pal Zachary. And then next week, hey. I think we're doing something. Hey, <laughs> I missed you so much, Zach. I'm here to say that when we started. I, I love you, Zach. <laughs> oh, that was nice to hear. I love you, too, man. <laughs> oh, I love you, Kisses too. For everyone. Kisses for everybody. All right. Uh, I think that's all we can give for now. Uh, do you guys want to move on to the next article? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a czar article. It is Azar article. Azar article, so, if you will. Take the art article, if you will. Azar article. <laughs> Hat fucking off for that, Chess. Yeah, that was good, Chess. I got a hand. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, fuck, that's good. Write that down. Write that down. Somebody put that on a shirt. Notary. <laughs> All right, Anywho. sorry. Take the article. All right, so this article is entitled Xbox Game Pass Could Be Coming to Steam. And it is coming to us from comicbook.com, written by Tyler Fisher. So thank you, Tyler. And yeah, kind of what you see is what you get here. Um, Steam wants to bring the Xbox Game Pass and all of its services over to its platform. And, you know, they get the same good deals that Xbox users already get. And um, but this is just talks. There have been rumors in the past of Xbox Game Pass coming to Nintendo and PlayStation, but Phil Spencer and his team may bring it to Valve instead. What do you guys think about that? Love that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, actually, hold on. Let me rethink this. Uh, they did just recently bring Octopath Traveler on to Game Pass, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wait. That was a Nintendo Switch exclusive. <laughs> Not anymore. How about you show some goddamn gratitude? <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. I'm just so salty all the time. <laughs> I'm just so salty. salty all the time, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm salty because a decision that I did not even make that you and Zach made about Octopath Traveler has led to much hate upon myself. <laughs> hey, yeah, JP, you JP nobody hates you. You suck. <laughs> no, you suck. <laughs> anywho, anywho, I mean, I don't think much will really change. Does this open up like a huge door of possibility for the PC front? Uh, in your opinion, Steam or Peaches? <laughs> your, in yes, your opinion, Steam? Steam? No, uh, in your opinion, yes, Peaches, so. does it open a whole world of possibility to the gaming community for PC players? As I am one with Steam. Um, I am one with the PC. Uh, I would say that this is a long shot, but I don't doubt that like uh, Valve is trying hard to make this work because they don't have to do much. Like, you know, we were just talking about Epic Games trying so hard to combat, you know, Steam. And, you know, Steam is like... 
just kind of throwing anything out of wall like hey maybe we can get xbox game pass and people will just stay here forever right i mean people are yeah, already right. gonna stay there forever like come on look look at that thing right, one right. of us it's the walmart <laughs> of the internet like you know there have been uh, like i think even uh like nintendo and sony i think they they both have tried to get xbox game pass to come to their platform but like i guess the issue Why with would it was sony that want that because they can make money and I get mean, people onto their platform. Shit, shit. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> we can make money. But the problem that they ran into when they were trying to get it, like at least with Nintendo for sure, is that Xbox wants people to be paying one for the Xbox Live Gold membership and then Game Pass on top of it. And so I think Steam might run into a similar issue unless Steam just shows them like, we don't, we don't care. We have billions of dollars. It's true. Like, end of the day steam doesn't really need this so you we can either both profit from this or you get no profit from this is i think what steam can essentially say right that's fair and i mean having an additional online subscription service for steam i don't i don't find many gamers you know believing that that is going to be a good deal for them maybe maybe not i mean like you look at the subscription based like payment styles and like people pay more than that to just play World of Warcraft. Isn't that right, Zach? Sure. <laughs> Shame. Shame. <Petty>. Shame. <laughs> I was there with Zach for a few months. I get it. No, you don't. Zach has been there for literally 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more. Maybe more. It's, it's, you know, I, I tell time in World of Warcraft times, back in that expansion. <laughs> yeah, I tell time in my expansions. <laughs> oh, that was Wrath of the Lich King Oh, man, time. when was Obama elected? Uh, that, yeah, that must have been around Wrath of the Lich King-ish. <laughs> no, dude, that was, that was Cataclysm. That was Cataclysm, story. okay, sorry. Cataclysm. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. So the reason why I'm a little bit more hesitant, I guess, about Xbox coming to Steam or Xbox Game Pass coming to Steam, that is, is kind of exactly for the reason that's presented within the first two sentences of this article. Many have tried to acquire Xbox Game Pass and bring them to their art to their own like console. And none of it's come into fruition yet. And Phil Spencer, it's not. It's not for a lack of trying, because Phil Spencer has expressed an interest in trying to bring Xbox uh, Game Pass to these consoles. To be honest, there's not there's much... There's a Nintendo Switch in the back of his, his little presser. Hey, it's coming, guys. You just it's, wait. Oh, it's coming. just wait. Yeah, I talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I listen. <laughs> I I'm listen. a listener. <laughs> On the other side of that, though... I think it would be much easier for Xbox Game Pass to integrate into Steam where Windows is available. And obviously that goes hand in hand with the whole Microsoft thing with Xbox. I think that is much easier to perform than trying to bring Xbox Game Pass to like different consoles from different companies. So that's why I'm kind of on the fence about this as far as like legitimacy of it being able to happen as far as if it'll happen like how i'd feel personally i honestly don't care that much um because i'm not a huge xbox guy i would love to get involved with game pass but the truth is most of the games that i'm interested in playing from game pass i already kind of own anyway I mean, my excuse me, princess. All right, that's the money bags. No, that's been my biggest complaint with Xbox Game Pass. And I mean, that's such a personal complaint because not everybody like me has, uh, you know, dozens upon dozens, maybe even hundreds of games that I have purchased over the years for myself. And Game Pass is just, you know, giving my library to other people. But, you know, it's not necessarily for me, considering I already have all that stuff. Um, So... I'm going to jump into something here, guys. It's time for the weekly tinfoil hat time, right? No. Let me go crack a beer. Actually, I don't drink beer. Let me go crack a cider. <laughs> well, just make sure you have your tinfoil hat on. That's all I'm saying. I can't take it off. You super glued it on while I was sleeping. Well, actually, I stapled it, but I used a heavy <laughs> anesthetic. Oh, God. I was wondering why I lost so much blood. I can't go through metal detectors or stand in front of the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, just Anywho, give us your fucking tin theory. Tinfoil hat time. 
So we talked about how Xbox wants to acquire Discord a while ago. I think there's going to be a little bit of a domino effect here. If Game Pass does end up going to Steam after a short amount of time, they're going to also acquire Discord on their platform. And then that's just going to lead to a stronger and more immersive PC integration. You know, I think I think Xbox is kind of going the way of the PC right now. And I mean, the fact that like Nintendo and PlayStation have even sought after this Game Pass, there is a lot more dominoes in play in the background. I mean, we've we've talked about that before, too, right? Where it's like the way that we feel about the quote unquote console war that is currently present that you can argue may be there or not is that. PlayStation is killing Cold War. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, that's a good term for it. The console (laughs) Cold War. So we agree that PlayStation, when it comes to like between Xbox and PlayStation, Xbox is or not uh, Xbox. God, I'm getting mixed up. PlayStation is killing it with console sales. But where Xbox is really starting to take a strong lead is when it comes to services and different things that they can do in those realms. So, you know, it's crazy what a trillion dollars can do. (laughs) Yeah, that is accurate. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how else to put it. You're totally right. As much as I want to shit on Xbox, they can piss the biggest if they want to. (laughs) Yeah, they got a pretty full bladder. They got a pretty full. They got a full bladder. (laughs) (laughs) So I hate to say it, but for once, I agree with you and your tinfoil hat theories are. I mean, like it'd probably be a smart move on Xbox's part to start looking into these types of services because as far as like console popularity i don't think they'll be able to catch up to playstation but that being said i also think that microsoft is in the perfect position to be able to start looking outward at these other types of services and companies and if they end up doing it they could put playstation in a pretty tight corner well yeah can you imagine if discord was acquired by xbox that's that a would be huge, huge advantage that would be huge I mean, the voice chats and messaging on PlayStation are already a little bit controversial. And then integrating that even further with something like Steam that already can get into Discord a little bit like, oh, my God, that would just create this trifecta. It would create a storm. Imagine if they could put Steam onto Xbox. Think of the possibilities. I I, I don't even know. I don't (laughs) even know. It would be such a trump card. It really would. With everything PlayStation's been doing lately, I think maybe they need to be put in their place a little bit, but that would just be like kicking them in both shins and then, I don't know, stubbing their big toe. Hey, fighting dirty is still fighting. Can I come in here with a contrary take? Peaches disagree strongly. (laughs) Um, So what would the point of Steam on Xbox be? The games? Large game library. I mean you wouldn't be able to play most of the games on Steam. All of the games that are able to be played on Xbox are probably already in the store. I mean, not all of them. Yeah, not all of them. That, but like how would... Steam, uh, most developers, like indie developers, that is where you find those games first. Like if it weren't for Steam, Xbox would never have gotten the Kerbal Space program down the road. Because it was eventually integrated onto a console. I mean, wasn't that what happened? Like Kerbal Space Program did really well on Steam. And so they made it like able to be played on console and then it came to console. Yeah. Yeah. And like not many people bought it. But think if that integration worked at the at like launch. But I mean, wasn't the problem that a console couldn't run it? I think it'd be a lot easier. You really think it'd be that difficult to allocate like controls of a controller to that of like a mouse and keyboard? Because I don't think it would be. I mean, I am not necessarily a controls issue. I mean, it could be partially a controls issue, but I mean, I mean, like literally like a PC, like you can make a game hard to run initially, but a PC can run it and then like slowly uh, make it like more optimized but with the console, you don't have that luxury like that. That game, like, look at Cyberpunk, you know, like you can't like release a game for console and then not have it optimized and then re- release it. You know, it needs to be optimized and then come out. Otherwise, it just straight up won't run. 
Right, but you understand why cyberpunk is an extreme outlier in that, right? I get that cyberpunk is an extreme outlier, but not By the way, game. we've hit the 30-minute mark. Sorry to interrupt you. We've hit the 30-minute mark. We need to move on. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to bring that much controversy in. Just saying, not every game that's on Steam could run on a console, and that's why Steam has no reason to come to console. They probably don't, but that's just my tinfoil hat theory. Anyway, you guys want to talk about uh, a little bit of Nintendo Indie World? Nintendo! Yeah, that's why Zach is here, so... <laughs> here right. comes Zachary. <clears throat> okay, also, can we talk about your little uh, low hype, moderate hype, extreme hype? What about it? You got the game The Longing from Moderate Hype? I was gonna say. That's a game where you just wait 400 days. And then eventually, okay. eventually, JP likes the carrot dangling, doesn't he? Okay. <laughs> there, might be, there might be something cool in here. There might even be a video game at the very end of this 400 days. Hey, I think it goes <laughs> under extreme hype. Very genuinely speaking, if I had to if I had to like point a finger at the top five games that have been discussed after this amazing Nindy Direct, one of them would probably be The Longing. I have seen a lot of people talking about this game. Um, oh, I want to play it. Yeah. I, see? By all means. Okay, I you, guess I yeah. am just not into the indie scene because I saw that and I was like, it is like the Family Guy meme. Like, I think I already said it, but just basically like, hey. It could be a boat or it could be a box with a boat inside it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we are going to introduce the game. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. Nope. Nope. I'm done. Roll credits. <laughs> All right, so kind of like the last time from when we talked about the Nintendo Direct that happened within the last couple of months, we're putting this into three categories. We've got low hype, we've got moderate hype, and we've got extreme. And you know how these things usually go. There's very low, there's a very small amount of things that go in low hype, and there's usually not a lot of things that go in extreme hype, and then a pretty like good amount of things in moderate hype. So to begin with, let's just, uh, I say we just start with the categories in low hype and talk about some of the games we see. How do you guys feel about that? Game on, JP. I agree. Game on, Zach. Okay, so in low hype, the first game that was in the indie that I put in low hype was Hindsight. Um, okay, so Hindsight, um, it didn't catch very much attention. It reminded me a lot of this mobile game that came out a few years ago that actually made it to the Game Awards called Florence? which is kind of like a point and click adventure where you just kind of tell the story of a person who kind of gets into a relationship and then breaks up and then finds happiness in herself. Ew, I know, right? So hindsight kind of reminded me a lot of that. Like, it doesn't appear like it's going to have a lot of action. The way that it's described in this article, it's spanning the entirety of a woman's life from birth to present day. And it's just kind of like a narrative point and click style adventure. And even though I find that intriguing, it is nothing that is going to blow anybody's minds. Does anybody have anything to say about that? Looks like it'll make me cry. Yeah. Do you like to cry? No. Zach, do you like to cry? I love a good cry. Hey, man, I'll, I'll cry with my besties, but uh, not, this game is uh, not my cup of tea. But you are exactly who I thought of when I saw it. And I was like, JP might like that. And Honestly, he, it, JP was yeah. who I thought of a lot throughout this showcase. And you guys know me so well because the the fact is you're right. Hindsight stood out to me, but I have to recognize that because I played Florence too. I play, I did. I played Florence and I have to recognize when I'm the outlier in these situations. And I just saw nobody talking about hindsight once the event was over. So low in hindsight. Lols. <laughs> Lost. Sorry, uh, the, the fruit it was there. I we should have just was... issued Zach's apology in advance. Just I'm sorry for everything I say in this episode. <laughs> I'm just I'm just so excited just to be back to be with here. the boys. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, you brought me back. <laughs> I'm very glad you're here, Zach. Um, next up, we've got Art of Rally. Um, I don't really know what to say about this guy. It appears to be. Like it's a top-down racing of, game. 
it's yeah. really it looks like an acid trip. But yeah, that's basically all it is, is a top down racing game. I could see how some people could get in a lot of enjoyment out of this game, but I had to kind of give it uh, I had to kind of take points off of it for the same reason I put hindsight and low hype. Just nobody was talking about it when the event was over. And I mean, I didn't even really recognize much of the value in playing this game on a personal level. Like I said, some people might be very excited for it. I just don't think that enough people are to justify putting it in anything other than low hype. Are JP's we like, I gotta cover my butt here. <laughs> I, you're, you're darn right. You're darn right. Because I appreciate everything that indie developers do. But I also kind of have to call it the way that I see it when it comes to like who's talking about what games. Yeah, it's okay to have your own opinion, JP. I like your opinion. That's why I listen to your podcast. Thanks, buddy. Yay! Speaking of opinions, what's your guys' opinions? Do you feel the same way? Did this catch your eye? Mm. There is like three games that caught my eye. Like like you have like your moderate hype and I'm just like, eh. there's my high hype games. And then there's there's just these. There's uh, just, I feel and like then there I was the promised a makeout session with Zach and it still hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at, Zach? <laughs> Oof. Peaches, what the about the box outside my house? <laughs> <laughs> Peaches, Zar, what about you? Any feeling towards Art of Rally? Really? Does that seem like something you'd be interested in? I've never really liked top down racing games. So, yeah, nothing, nothing too much for me over here. Pass. Fair enough. And then the last game in low hype, Labyrinth City. Okay, Again. I kind of thought this one was a little cool. Okay. I mean, it looks like it looks like Where's Waldo. Exactly. The art style was really cool in it. That's so funny you say that because that's exactly what I was saying. Is I'm like, is this Where's Waldo the video game? Yeah, in my notes I took while I was watching this showcase, that's exactly what I wrote down. Is Where's Waldo? Question mark. I mean, hey, if it's cheap, should get it. You know, nothing pisses me off more than seeing like Hasbro Game Night for thirty bucks, and I'm like sitting here like, these are really bad takes of a board game. If I can get a Where's Waldo, like a solid one for five bucks, I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. I love Where's Waldo. (laughs) Game changer. And I mean, that's the other thing about this list is you're more than you're more than free to agree with me. I kind of threw these in like based on my it was like a little bit of how I felt, plus a little bit of like the where I've seen other people talking about this event. So, Zar, I mean, do you really think this is something that it looks like you might pick up? Oh, no, absolutely not. I'm never going to buy this game, but I just thought it looked cool. All right, you unsophisticated swines. This is adapted from the best-selling children's book series, Pierre the Maze Detective. Play as Pierre in this adventure puzzle-swapping game. Who? Who? Pierre, you know, the Maze Detective. From from Stardew Valley? No, no, not from Stardew Valley. Oh, I'm out. I'm in and I'm out. And that's pretty much it for low hype. How's everybody feeling so far? A little sleepy, a little shoo. I'm not triggered yet. Well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Does that mean that you're going to be triggered later? Maybe. Very possibly. Very (laughs) possibly. I never Uh, planned for a trigger. All right, JP, your next one, the Aerial Knights Never Yield. What? what, You don't like this one? You didn't like to play the demo? I did not put this in low hype, so we're moving into moderate hype. Oh, okay. (laughs) I did not put that in low hype. Okay, so what's really interesting about the Nindy Showcase is I felt like they really wanted us to to fall in love with Aerial Knights Never Yield. And maybe some people did. I think it looks cool. It just looks like a more sophisticated version of Temple Run Change My Mind. I was honestly thinking, um, was it Mirror? It was that like, um... Runner? Oh, yeah. No, it was a runner game. It was a freestyle runner game. But it was uh, just like set in a dystopian future and you ran across skyscrapers and, you know, other high obstacles. I mean, it looked really cool and this definitely won like... uh, Shoot, what is the term? Style points. Um, sentimental value points. This one definitely got first place in sentimental value. I feel like they they hyped it up in a very like emotional way, and it looked really cool. And the developers did a really good job on it. 
I said the art style looks awesome. I think saying sophisticated version of Temple Runner like kind of shits on it a little bit. A little bit. But you're not wrong. <laughs> like I mean, like the art style is just gorgeous, and like apparently, like people really love the um, the music with it too. And that's why yeah, you can bebop your head along to the tracks. Yeah. And that's why I didn't put it in low height, because I recognize a few things that looked great about this game. The atmosphere, the, you know, it looks like there's going to be a little bit of story. I just think that the gameplay itself, which is probably what this game is going to be mostly centered around, is probably going to get stale somewhat fast. But that's, again, just my opinion on it. And I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to put this to extreme hype. Also could not bring myself to put it in low hype. I feel like it's fine in moderate hype. You want to talk about Last Stop now? Heck yeah. All right. Um, another piece of moderate hype. Last Stop. So this was kind of um, in the middle of the showcase right next to Hindsight. From what the article is telling us, um, it's essentially kind of like three intertwined, supernaturally huge stories in one. So if you guys ever watched that weird TV show on Netflix called Sense8, I'm getting a lot of Sense8 vibes from this game. Essentially, like three people are kind of sharing like a mind and like a thought process and like a story. It looks like it could be intriguing. Um, But again, I have to recognize that when it comes to like games that are super narrative heavy like this, where the gameplay might not all be there again, it's something that's more catered to like my tastes. So again, I felt like it was fine in moderate hype. What do you guys think? Yeah, it definitely was catered to your, your tastes. I got a lot of telltale meets life is strange vibes from this game. Yeah. Um, it looked like this game would also make me cry, but the, um, the options that they kept boasting about in this trailer were pretty cool. Like what happens when you take the bus? Well, you know, a cop goes crazy and starts pointing a gun at people. What happens if you take a taxi? Some dude who looks like a hitman asks you questions and it just builds into, I, I don't think they talked about how many endings this game has, but I would imagine quite a few. So I'm checking out our time and, um, I'm just thinking that I want to talk about those extreme hype games. Is there any of like the moderate hypes that you guys want to like we can... talk about? Or do you think Ollie, I'm just Ollie World? Time? Um, I think that one's cool. Uh, that one's also done by Private Division, who did the Outer Worlds. So Ollie, that's kind of cool. Ollie World. Ollie Ollie World, I honestly was really excited about, but again, I had to stop myself from putting it anywhere except moderate hype because. I know not everybody's as excited about it as I am. I love skateboarding games. Yeah, me too. No, I was in that same boat. I thought that was extreme hype, but maybe just for moderate hype, that's totally fine. Another one which Zach disagrees on is The Longing. I want to play this game. I will commit my 400 days to this game. You're insane and I hate you. I will do it. So I guess like the premise behind the longing, which, by the way, I agree with you, Zara. I think it's awesome. Is you're this little shadowy. Peaches. Peaches, be on my team. Peaches is on no one's team. Uh, Peaches uh, has already know, left it, the how, room. How quickly can Zach get to Colorado? <laughs> He's still enough. waiting on that makeout session. <laughs> I've been checking my watch ever since it was brought up. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're a shade, quote unquote, which I guess is a little demon. And I guess the premise is you've been assigned to wait 400 days um, before you can awaken your king and actually like serve him again. So the whole premise of the game is you have to wait 400 days in real time to do like these various activities. It sounds intriguing and like a huge waste of time. Absolutely. Like... They even emphasized that you could do nothing for 400 days as long as you were logged into the game and you would beat the game. But there's a bunch of shit you can do along the way, like mining and crafting your perfect home. And yeah, All right. I'm excited for it. That's about it. You know what game I'm kind of sad about? What's it's that? Skull the Hero Slayer. I what? think this game is Super Mario Odyssey fused with Dead Cells. And everyone is just like, <laughs> I am so sick of those roguelite 2D platformers. And I'm like, fuck, I am too. But God, this game looks fun. But like the genre, they're just too late. Like this was two years ago. I feel like this would be the hypest thing ever. I 100% agree with you on that. 
just already done. I, I'm going to try it out if it goes on sale. I'm getting into the roguelikes, though. Like, I've been playing a lot of Hades, which is a roguelike. Um, Skull reminded me a lot of Dead Cells. There's actually two games on this list that reminded me a lot of Dead Cells. But I think Skull, which had like um, kind of that action pack roguelike 2D platformer mixed in with its premise of, you know, you get to switch heads to get different abilities. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's so, that so is like Super cool. Mario Odyssey mixed with mixed with Dead Cells. Oh, yeah, you know what? That's not bad. Yeah, no, I, I caught you right off the bat. <laughs> did GP miss when I said that? Yeah, 100% yeah, I, guess, I, I guess I did. So, <laughs> all right, been bugging you, JP. Do we need to take time? Oh no, you're fine. Okay, okay, you put this in moderate hype, and they ended with this, and this is the only one that I was like, eh, we should probably talk about. The Aztec Forgotten Gods. I'm so glad you brought that up. All right. And I'm that, not saying you're fair. wrong. That is fair. Like, Tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I was just like, they didn't show a lot of it. And I'm looking at the screenshots and I'm reading this and I'm like, this has the potential to be like a first party game. Yeah. Because it looks like it looks like Tomb Raider mixed with like Darksiders. What's the? Yeah, Darksiders. Yeah, I think Darksiders. that's exactly what I thought because you're like, you got the big beefy glove and you jump around the battlefield and you're like ripping monsters apart and such and really got Darksider vibes from it. And nobody was excited for this game. Like JP, like I would say there's like low hype on this. Like everyone else got caught up in the games we're about to talk about. And I feel like this game should be up there. Like, I don't know, usually Nintendo ends with their bangers. And so they had a good feeling about this one. So I have a feeling once it, it says fall 2021. So this might be like, hopefully it doesn't get lost in the, uh, um, what do you call it? That November, December shuffle of all these top games coming out. But oh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think this yeah. game has a high potential. I mean, this was this was like my number two game. There was one other really? game I was really, really hyped about. But no, my number two was Aztec Forgotten Gods. That is one I'm going to get. And the backstory behind, behind it, too, and like the Mexican studio that it's coming out from is just really cool. I totally agree about that. I, I guess Zach was more right in the fact that I feel like we didn't get enough and, uh, on top of like part of like where I'm putting these into categories is like how much have I seen other people talking about this? Right. And it got it did get some attention. In fact, this was a game that kind of almost teetered in between moderate hype and extreme hype. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, I can make justifications like that for a lot of these games. I could not bring myself to put that in extreme hype, but I do see the points you're both making. I know there's lots of people who are super excited about this game. I know our buddies over at Rainbow Road were talking about it, actually. I am very hyped about it. I will definitely get this game, but we should probably move on to the extreme hype now. Uh, uh, I want to make I just want to make a couple other shout outs. OK, um, Fez. Fez is a classic platformer, but it's high that 70s show. What's up? Sorry, I'm just super ADHD right now. I said from that 70s show and then like, from that, from <laughs> that 70s show. Yeah, he made his done. own game. <laughs> no, we're talking. We're talking about Fez, the colorful, creative platformer where you like shift like the dimension you're looking at your character and therefore the world to progress. It's a very well made, awesome game, but it's been on everything and the hype just isn't there for it like at all anymore. If you're excited for Fez, great, but moderate hype. Um, you know what? I guess that's it. Like there were plenty of other titles that made it to moderate hype, but for the sake of time, we can move on to the extreme hype. Definitely. All right. Yeah. Now, Zar, I think I know the game you're talking about for your number one. Why don't you oh go boy, for oh it? Boy, oh boy. House of the Dead remake. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um. If these scores did not get erased, I am on like the high score leaderboard of House of the Dead 3 at an arcade that I I lived very close to in my hometown. Really? And yeah, yeah. No, I have been playing this game probably since I was like 10, maybe 11, just in an arcade. And then, you know, I got it for the Wii and I had this dope uh, gaming accessory that looked like a Desert Eagle Magnum that you just slide <laughs> your cool. Wiimote into. Oh, it was perfect for that House of the Dead remake back then. So this will actually be the second time that this game is remade, possibly even more. 
Oh, wow. But, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I looked into it. I could not find a release date just later this year, but it is completely redesigned from the ground up while maintaining the original story's integrity as well as staying true to the control scheme of the original. All right. I love it. So that's going to be a pickup for you immediately, right? Thousand percent. I will buy this as soon as I figure out when the date is, I will probably buy this. There weren't a lot of games that were I saw a lot of games that I was interested in. None of them coming out within like the next couple of months. Everything that was like releasing today was shit I didn't really care about. So I understand your pain. All right, Zach, what basically (laughs) Zach, what about you? Do you see anything on that extreme hype list you want to talk about? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yes. Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge. What did you think? Hey, um, first off, just really quick. And, you know, I just love wasting time. Um, Who's who and who's why? So I feel like purple, the purple one was that. Which one's is that? Raphael? No, Raphael's red. Purple's Donatello. Raphael is red. Michelangelo's blue. Donatello's purple. Donatello is czar. I feel like I feel like I'm the blue bandana one. Oh, I wanted to be Leonardo. No, I'm Leonardo. I feel like everybody wants to be Leonardo because he's got the sword. This can be the new astrology sign for guys like, sorry, you're such a Michelangelo. (laughs) All right. I'm okay with that one. Chess, Chess. Chess Chess is right for sure. I'm I'm here, but here's the thing. I don't know which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is which one. Of course (laughs) you don't. Did you even have a childhood? I watched it back in the day and I didn't know back when I watched it either. Wh- All right. Why must you fail me so often? You can be. <laughs> Did you ever see that meme of the fifth Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? It was Picasso. And it's like one of Picasso's weird like shape drawings. <laughs> it's like, come on, Picasso. But the splitter's like, you got to take your brother with you. And they're like, come on, Picasso. And he's like, yay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you get to be Picasso. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. And me, Donatello, for sure. Yeah, that's my that. boy. That's my boy. Yeah, you you are such a Donatello. Thank you. And uh, this is the, literally there. It's developed by Streets of Rage, uh, the same people made Streets of Rage Four, and so that was a great game. And so they basically just you know copy the Ninja Turtles into it and they're giving it its own like like I don't know story like world like it looks like a cartoon almost but like in that SNES style I don't know it looks super neat well it looks like and, the game uh, from the 80s pretty yeah. and I feel like it was just so surprising to see this in an indie showcase because this very much could be like a cool little third party shout out thing I think that's what people are most excited about is the art style because they did a very good job of polishing up to make it look great without taking away from the gameplay, but also retaining a lot of the value from the way the game played before from like the old arcade versions. Most people have been extremely happy to see this product come to the Nintendo Switch. I'm definitely one of them. I can't wait to play it with you boys. I'm excited too. I am totally going to get this one. There is a reason it is surging all across Twitter right now, and that is because this game looks phenomenal. But let's not forget about the other game, JP. I'm pretty sure you're excited about this one. You know which one I'm talking about? Damn right. So, Zach, there actually was one game that came after the credits. It was a huge surprise. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. Now, Oxenfree is a horror game. It came out... I don't remember when it came out. I think it was within the last five years, but essentially it's you and your friends travel to this island via some type of um, ferry to kind of relive a little bit of the glory days with some old friends and your new stepsister after basically you're about to like go off to college, I think, and everyone wants to just get together on the island one last time before you go your separate ways. Your main character actually had her brother die somewhat recently. So your friends are bringing you along too to just kind of help get your mind off of it. What ends up happening is the island is haunted and starts taking over the bitchy girl because why not? The spirits start taking over the bitchy girl. And then you have to go all over the island to try and solve a mystery and to get this girl back because why not? 
Um, I think there is a way through your choices to kill her, but I'm not 100% sure. Now, the gimmick of the game is to communicate with the land and to communicate with like the ghosts and do things on the island. You have an old radio that literally needs to be tuned like with the knob. Like if you saw my spoilers without context video, that's what that tuner radio was, was it was for Oxenfree too. It was for Oxenfree. It was a brilliant horror game with an excellent story, albeit not very long, but it was really, really cool. And I did not think it needed a sequel, but it's welcome, if that makes sense. So I think the greatest part about Oxenfree 2 is it was so unexpected. And now we have more to look forward to from an amazing horror game that I highly recommend to all three of you to play. Even though I know two of you off the bat probably won't do it and Zar doesn't want to spend money. Okay, so I have a question. That's accurate. Yes. Is this game related to Ollie Ollie World? because we know that the full saying is Ollie Ollie Oxen Free when you're okay, playing Okay, you son seek. of a bitch. Travis already made the joke on their Twitter page it for Rainbow Road. Circle. I Travis don't go quick. on Twitter very much, so this is my original joke, not his. <laughs> Peach is absolutely 100% thought of it first. There's no way any other person has thought of this joke. Sorry, Travis. <laughs> All right. And I think that's pretty much it for talking about the games. Um, th- like we said, there was quite a few games in moderate hype. We talked about what needed to be talked about. There's plenty of great things to still check out, though, so we can always link this article that we're using to talk about some of the games on the Twitter page. And in the meantime, I think we've said pretty much everything we need to say about the event. Here's one last note about the event. Um, overall, it kicked ass. I know we oh, haven't yeah. been... Yeah, I know we haven't been putting a lot of faith in Nintendo's directs when they do, you know, either like a partner showcase or even the last Nindy showcase wasn't that great. I think they hit it out of the park with this one. I think they showed some great stuff. Zach, you're obviously our expert on the subject. What do you think? Uh, Nintendo, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo, Nintendo. Hell yeah. That's a sign of approval. That's approval. You don't know how much I've been needing to hear that. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Zara, right. what about you? I I think this showcase was incredibly hype. Um, you know, not only did they have an amazing, diverse showcase from all around the world, like we had a game from a studio from Germany. We had a game from a studio from Mexico. Right. We had a game from a studio so in South Korea. Yes. It was so cool and so diverse, but not only was the diversity incredible, the games looked incredible too. Like there was like at least four or five things that I will purchase just from watching this showcase. And that is awesome. And of course, the brilliant thing with indie titles is we know they're not going to be super expensive either. So, you know, Hell yeah. for the same amount of money for a AAA Nintendo title, pick up five of these games. Man, there was some great stuff in this event. You probably got most of what you need. If you haven't watched the event yet, you probably got a lot of the information you needed out of this podcast, but I'd still highly recommend going to check out the event if you haven't already, because goddamn, it was good. It was a good event. Hats off, Nintendo. Well, boys, we are running pretty quick on time here. Do we want to get through the quick takes or do we just want to go into game releases? The quick takes are especially quick, so. All right. All right. Well, take take us us away, Peaches. Yes. All right. So Bioshock 4 is going to be an open world game job advert suggests. This is uh, just, you know, interesting idea. I was not a huge fan of Bioshock Infinite, and I'm curious how a fully open world Bioshock game will do. But, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting route to take the game series. Anyone else have anything else to add or should I move on to the next thing? I'm going to be very hyped about that once we actually see details about it. Stay tuned. I fucking love Bioshock. I'm here for it. All right. Yeah. Zach, anything or moving on? Uh, go move. Okay. Pass. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima dev working on a multiplayer game. All right. Ghost of Tsushima had really good multiplayer from everything I heard. Um, so I am very excited to see what they are working on for their multiplayer game. I think that if the quality of the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer is any indicator, then it is definitely something to keep an eye on. Yes. 100%. Next. 
All right, League of Legends Cinematic Universe, baby! Let's Whoa. go! <laughs> Holy shit, Zach really? approves. <laughs> Boo on you! You can't have happiness. I am here for the L-O-L-C-U. Oh, wow, that's a, that's a lot. I mean, they have all the money, so why not? Uh, League of Legends has a lot of really rich lore that you can build off of, and if they're like short cinematics or any indicator of how good a movie could be, I mean, granted, a movie has to have more of a story than like a two-minute uh, like animated like cinematic, obviously, Fair. but there's enough lore to make a really great story out of, and I am absolutely looking forward to this. Hope it does better than World of Warcraft cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big Shots oof. fired. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. All right. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I think we're ready for game releases, which we can give to Zach since he is the guest. Yeah. What the fuck? <clears throat> There's four of them. I think you can handle it. <clears throat> I forgot how to read. Okay. On April 22nd, at Lear, Mysterious Trilogy Deluxe Pack is coming to PS4, Switch, and PC. Wonderful. Ooh. Buildings have feelings too. Yeah, that's a good title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good do. title. Yeah, that's a <laughs> this game actually looked pretty cool, though. I liked it. Feelings Have Feelings 2 is coming to PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And then on the next day, April 23rd, that comes after April 22nd, sorry, is Judgment. It's coming to PS5, Xbox, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Google Stadia. What? Hold your mom's the phone. microwave. Do we have a Stadia <laughs> title? Microwave. The rare Stadia pop up. Stadia. Oh my god. We buried that thing prematurely. It seems. I uh, well, I guess. <laughs> like I don't know how it's still alive. It's like my my death was greatly exaggerated. Barely. It barely is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna say the next title for all the points. Near replicant version one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Only on the game team would someone actually type that out. I admire the commitment, Zach. Good for you. All right. Uh, hype up the one game, JP. Hype, hype that shit up. Oh, fuck. I didn't see this meme here. Okay. So <laughs> <origi> day buildings. <laughs> originally, originally, Peaches posted for the hype of game. Buildings have feelings, too, for no other reason than that I like the name. And then he posted a meme when relationships haven't been working out for you. And it's a book that said how to date buildings. <laughs> <laughs> An easy reference guide. <laughs> And I know it's I know it's not part of the meme, but if you look right below it, it says British. Hey, GP, I think I captured I captured your feelings with that YouTube link. If you want to click on that, oh, salt is a way of life. It's just it's just a meme of a man talking about a salt mine. Peaches, what's that supposed to mean? I captured your entire feelings about memes and the how to, and the hype up games. You're welcome. Oh, he's salty. I I, I get the joke. That's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the issue here. God. All right. Well, our hype up game this week, for no other reason other than the fact that it sounds cool, is buildings have feelings too. All right. And that's so not just a, a sequel. That is as well. And JP so is salty. Real, <laughs> real quick, Buildings That Feeling 2 is an exciting new city management game about buildings and the city they inhabit. Imagine a city where buildings can walk and talk to one another. Each one has its own aspirations, hopes, and fears. Gameplay sounds fun. Uh, yeah, you're not kidding. That's a killer fucking name. That in itself is worth the money. Well, right on. I think that's going to do it for this episode, boys. Zach. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us for the 100th episode. Not really a celebration, but also kind of a celebration episode. That was a run on sentence, but thank you. <laughs> I'm really good at those. My college professor tells me after she takes points off my papers. <laughs> hey, man, as a as a teacher, we got to take points off for something because pants like a thing. Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate all teachers trying to fix my stupid. I really do. Hey, now. You got a master's degree. Almost. We're, we're working on it. It's a work in progress. But no, seriously, Peaches are to Zach. What do you think? 
Cheers. Woo! Go Zach. Yay! All right. Segment, segment, segment. Yeah, it's time to move on to the segment. We are doing something very special for Saturday, peeps. Peaches, you want to give them a little taste or should we let it be a surprise? Because it was your idea. I mean, it was technically uh, the patron's idea, but, you know, let's uh, let's let's Ooh. save it for the next one. huh? Ooh, you want it to total surprise, huh? I can I, dig that. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so, a surprise. Yeah. All right, join us on Saturday when we've got a very special segment coming to you, something brand new. We've been doing a lot of brand new segments. This one, including some of our fans. We can't wait to do it, so hit us up on Saturday with the new episode. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.